Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught us in your streets. And he will say to you, I do not know where you are. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. that those uh, hard readings always come from the Old Testament. This is Jesus right here saying, uh, I do not know you. Depart from me, you evildoer, and go to the place where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. So uh, this all starts because somebody asks him a question, and the question is, will many be saved? That's the question he's asking. Jesus, will many be saved? And this is the response that he gives him. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I want you to, out loud, just say the answer, yes or no, okay? And uh, there's no test, I'm not grading you, I'm not looking to see if you're right or wrong, just to kind of keep you thinking about these, these questions. These are essential questions, and they have to do with salvation. Maybe better than what the answer is. Okay, so first of all, will many be saved, yes or no? Do you need baptism for salvation, yes or no? Do you have to be a Catholic to be saved, yes or no? Do you have to be, uh, do you need to have a church to be saved, yes or no? Do you have to receive communion to be saved, yes or no? Not sure about that one. Is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, yes or no? Yes. Is there salvation outside of Jesus, yes or no? Can you be saved and not know Jesus, yes or no? Okay, those are great answers. Great questions, right? I mean, has anybody ever asked you these questions? No one's ever asked you, oh, you're lucky. I, maybe because I'm a priest, I get these questions all the time. Well, you know, Jesus uh, responds to the question, well, many be saved. And he, he doesn't give it. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many will come to me and say, we know you, we ate and drank with you. And they're going to discover that the door is locked. And Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, you evildoers, for I do not know you. Well, what, what allows us to know Jesus? What allows us for salvation? 
Well, um, what I'm going to do is this, this is going to be a little bit of a teaching homily, so it might be heavy. I'm just going to prepare you, but hopefully we'll give you some answers to these questions that are, are so important for us to know. And most of this comes from the document Lumen Gentium. The Lumen Gentium is light to the nations. And this is one of the documents that came about in Vatican II. And, and the whole notion is that we are called, as churches, Christ to be a light to the nations, to the people of God. So it says that the present, now this was written in 1964, okay? The present condition, the present day conditions of the world add greater urgency to this work of the church so that all men, joined more closely today by various social, technical, and cultural ties, might also attain unity with Christ. 62, social, technical, and cultural ties. Do we have more cultural, social, and technical ties than 62? Yes or no? Yes, we're much more connected, even in 62, than we were today. The 60s were a crazy year, a crazy times. I didn't live during them, but uh, you know, if you lived through the 60s, those were the crazy times, right? So, even more so, these present-day conditions add great urgency to the work that is needed of the church. Before, thing, before all things, however, the kingdom is clearly visible in the person of Christ the Son of God and the Son of Man who came to serve and give his life for the ransom of many. Who's the Savior? Jesus. Can we be saved without Jesus? No. Okay, you got that part. Right. That's good. The Sacred Council wishes to turn its attention first to the Catholic faithful. So if everybody in the world, all believers and unbelievers, Protestants, you know, Christians, Muslims, first of all, let's take a look at the Catholics. Basing itself upon sacred scripture and tradition, it teaches that the church, now sojourning on earth as an exile, so we're on this, this sojourn, this pilgrimage on earth as exiles, it is necessary for salvation. Christ present to us in his body, which is the church. So, Christ's body is the church. Christ is present to us in the church. Is the church necessary for salvation, yes or no? Yes, okay, that's the right answer. The church is necessary for salvation. Christ is, is present to us in the body of the church. He is the one mediator and in a unique way, the way to salvation. In explicit terms, he himself affirmed the necessity of faith in baptism. Is baptism necessary for salvation, yes or no? Yes, okay, so this child right now is going to be entering into the life of salvation. And thereby affirmed also the necessity of the church. For through baptism, as through a door, men enter the church. Strive eagerly through the narrow gates. Whoever, therefore, knowing that the Catholic Church was made necessary by Christ, would to enter or remain in it, could not be saved. I'm going to read that again because I know this probably applies to a lot of us, a lot of our family or friends. Whosoever, therefore, knowing that the Catholic Church was made necessary by Christ, would refuse to enter or remain in it, could not be saved. You know, that's uh, the part that Jesus is talking about in the gospel today. He said, well, I know the Lord. It's like, we drank together. But they weren't really in him. They weren't really a member. They weren't really a disciple. And so the document actually says it's graver for someone who, who is Catholic but chooses not to remain in the faith. I want to go to the next paragraph. So, he is not saved, however, who through part of the body of the church does not persevere in charity. So what about those that are members of the Catholic Church? 
What about all of you, you know, and me that come to church every Sunday, we're practicing members, we're here, we're faithful. What about us? Is there salvation for us? He is not saved, however, who, though part of the body of the church, does not persevere in charity. So charity is essential. He remains indeed in the bosom of the church, but as it were, only bodily manner and not in his heart. So I often get this, this complaint about people that are away from the faith. Father, I don't go to church because those people are hypocrites. You know, they go to Mass and they're sinners and, you know, they're, they're hypocrites. Well, Jesus is talking about people that come to Mass and, uh, and believe in the faith, but do not act out of charity. All the church's children should remember that their exalted status is to be attributed not to their own merits, but the special grace of Christ. If they fail or over to respond to that grace in thought, word, and deed, not only shall they not be saved, but they will be the more severely judged. So can we go to heaven and not love? Yes or no? No. We have to love. We have to be loving people. All right, we're getting into the heart of it here. So, the church recognizes that in many ways she is linked with those who, being baptized, are honored with the name Christian. So now we're going to start to talk about what about people who are baptized but maybe not Catholic? Are they saved? Yes or no? Though, so, though they do not profess the faith in its entirety or do not pre pre preserve the unity of communion with the Church of Peter, we're talking about all the baptized who are not fully united with Catholics, with, with the Holy Father. For there are many who honor sacred scripture, taking it as a normal belief and a pattern of life, and show sincere zeal. They lovingly believe in God the Father Almighty and in Christ the Son and the Savior. They are consecrated by baptism, in which they are united with Christ, and they also recognize other sacraments. They also share with us in prayer and other spiritual benefits. Likewise, we can say that in some real way, they are joined to us by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit goes out to all the world, nations, and, and to, to the hearts of all believers. The Holy Spirit that is working in them. However, Mother Church never ceases to pray, hope, and work that this unity may come about. She exhorts her children to purification and renewal so that the sign of Christ may shine more abundantly on the face of the earth. Now it goes into more. Those who have not yet received the gospel are related in various ways to the people of God. So, can someone who has never heard of Jesus, never been baptized, uh, never believe in the faith that we do, can there be salvation for them? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay, so why? Well, first of all, the Savior will be those also can attain salvation who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church. Firstly, through no fault of their own. You know, if they never had the opportunity to know Christ, they can attain salvation. And yet they sincerely seek God and are moved by grace, strive by the deeds to do his will, and it is known to them through the dictates of conscience. So it's the conscience, the law that is written on their hearts. Nor does divine providence deny the helps necessary for salvation to those who without blame on their part, to the people who have never had the opportunity. Which, by the way, um, I don't know about this in the modern world. I don't know about anybody in the face of this earth who's never had some exposure to Christ. Nor does divine providence deny the necessary help for salvation. Whatever good or truth is found amongst them is looked upon by the church as a preparation for the gospel. 
So that's one way we think about people who are not baptized and maybe not fully aware of their faith. They're receiving this preparation for the gospel by the Holy Spirit. God is preparing them to hear the gospel message. He's preparing them to meet Christ. She knows that it is given by him who enlightens all men that they may finally have life. Okay, so, is it possible to be saved without baptism or Christ without having had the church as no. Is it possible? Yes. The problem is, we've kind of changed the thing from it being a possibility to it being a probability. So it is possible for salvation outside of the church. But is it probable? Well, not necessarily, because now we have a but, okay? So here's the big but. But often men and women, deceived by the evil one, have become vain in their reasonings and have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So notice the wording. The wording here is like um, crafted uh, very intentionally. Often men have been deceived by the enemy and accepted a lie for the truth. You've got to remember the enemy is working in the world. Serving the creature rather than the creator. Or there are some who, living and dying in this world without God, are exposed to final despair. Wherefore, to promote the glory of God and procure the salvation of all of these, and mindful of the command of the Lord, preach the gospel to every creature. The church fosters the missions with care and attention. So Jesus, therefore, says to his apostles, Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always. The church has received a mandate. You have received a mandate. But the parents and the godparents of this child have received a mandate to preach the gospel and to teach the gospel. And in the words of the Apostle, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So what we see by all this is that salvation, first of all, does come through Christ. And salvation does come through Christ's body in the church. So Christ is present to us today in the church. So is Christ necessary for baptism? Is the church necessary for baptism? Yes. Are all these necessary for salvation? Yes. Is Christ limited by us? Is he limited by his body? No, he can work outside of it. But many, many people are deceived. There's many people who have exchanged the truth for a lie. And that's why we have to evangelize. That's why we baptize. That's why we go out and make disciples of all nations. <laughs> Ultimately, the greatest thing that we hear is that you know, the biggest burden lies on us, on the believer. Now, woe to us if we don't preach the gospel. Because we have come to understand the truth. And there's many out there who are suffering. There's many out there who do not believe. There's many out there who live their lives in despair, thinking that this world has no meaning and this life has no meaning. I just want to end with a message of hope. Okay, so, you know, the whole notion is this is grave, and it's serious, and uh, when the question is asked, will many be saved, if you're to look at our world today, the realistic answer is probably no. 
There's many people that have turned away from the Catholic faith. There's many people that walk away from the faith. What do we believe about that? We believe that this city, they have a great potential for um, condemnation. We're not the judges, but you know, if you just kind of look at this objectively, the truth is, few right now are being saved. Few right now are really living the faith that we're called to live. And the document says that until all families of people, whether they are honored with the title Christian or whether they still do not know the Savior, may be happily gathered together in peace and harmony into one of God's people for the glory of God, we must work for the evangelization of all. When Jesus is asked by the many he saved, he doesn't give an answer. He doesn't say yes, he doesn't say no. He says, drive eagerly to enter in the narrow gate. What does that mean for us? We have to work really, really hard to enter through the narrow gates. You know, as we go into this school year, I'm hearing about all the sporting teams that are starting up. And uh, one of the um, examples I heard recently was a soccer team. They only have one team for the whole high school. So they were only taking 30 girls for the team. And there were like 60 to try out. And only 30 girls made the cut. And what, they were, what, what this one family found is there were freshmen who were taking the place of seniors, so seniors were getting the cut. In the same way, we like eternal life. Jesus says the last will be first and the first will be last. You know, and we, we can't be sure what to expect, and so we should strive eagerly for these. As we hear in Corinthians, strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts. So finally, the last thing I want to say is this hope. You know, though this does look kind of grim, you know, if, if you look at our world today, it does not look like an animal be saved. Here's a message of hope. And this is from our, our last post for the says St. Paul to the Romans, and likewise to us. According to the Christian faithful, redemption, salvation, is not simply a given. It's not simply a given. Redemption is offered to us in the sense that we have been given hope, trustworthy hope, by virtue of which we can our present, the present, even if it's arduous, can be lived and accepted if it leads to a goal. What's the goal? Salvation. If we can be sure of this goal, how can we be sure of this goal? Strive eagerly, work hard for it. And if this goal is great enough to justify the effort of the journey. My brothers and sisters, this journey is worth it. It is worth living this faith. It is worth following the commandments. It is worth embracing the cross. Because we know if we do, we can enter through the narrow gate. So strive eagerly for the spiritual gifts, and woe to us if we do not preach the gospel.